going on. We're also got a councilman-elect for Union City. Latino candidates apparently can win California when they don't identify as, as uh, Republican. If they say they're not Republican, if they are, they'll be fine. They'll win. Uh, so what are, what are you, cough purple? What are you? I don't know how they do that. I, I don't you get that. Why, why don't we all just go purple? Let's all go intermediate with me. Ah. Uh, we've got somebody, a woman who's written a film about the opioid epidemic. We've got mm. chairman of Reform California who blasts the state attorney general over false ballot title on Citizens Initiative. we got to see what that's Dude, the, all about. The, the ballot titles are all BS. It's, yes. It, it, and they never, they totally try and misrepresent yes. what's in there every single yeah. time. Yeah, and guess what? And, it works. And it works, and then we keep having this conversation year after year after year, and they're not forced legally to change uh, it and make it identify what's actually in, being in, voted on. Yeah. It's, it's so corrupt. All right, mm-hmm. 800-222-5222, lots of issues. Thanks for joining me today, and I will see you tomorrow. K-A-B-C. K-A-B-C. Los Angeles, Orange County, a cumulus station. From the top. And ladies and gentlemen, prepare yourselves. The 30-minute non-stop Stop. news blitz on 790-K-A-B-C starts now. Officially, it starts now, but hold on. One more day, counting down to the Subaru Live Stage first holiday party with us, Lauren and Drew, noon tomorrow, Thursday, 12-6. Get lunch provided by Doghouse Holiday Spirits. See our show live. Just sign up now at kbc.com. And you can noon tomorrow, Thursday, 12-6. Get lunch provided by Doghouse Holiday Spirits. See our show live. Just sign up now at kbc.com. And you can score an invite. Brought to you by the Subaru Share the Love event now through January 2nd and 790KBC. And, of course, you should listen also for your chance to win a four-pack of tickets to Knott's Merry Farm. Holiday spirits shine even brighter at Knott's Merry Farm this year, taking place throughout through January 6th. It is Knott's largest Christmas display ever. Features full park transformation, including all-new seasonal decor, Christmas crafts village, nightly snowfall and ghost town, plus so much more your chance to win all week. On 790 KABC. It is Midday Live with Lawrence Vaughn and Dr. Drew. Our number is 800 222 And this is now the 30-minute nonstop news blitz. If you've been watching the news or listening to the news all morning, you know that the um, President H.W. Uh, Bush's uh, funeral service took place today at the uh, cathedral there in the Capitol. And his son, George W. Bush, was front and center at the National Cathedral as he delivered the eulogy for his father and fellow ex-president George H.W. Bush. He took a humor stone. He spoke about his father on a personal level, about his effort to live life to the fullest. And much of the focus was on how to serve with love on behalf of fellow Americans and the importance of embracing unity, laughter, dignity, and kindness. He said about his father, quote, he valued character over pedigree and looked for the good in each person, and he usually found it. Bush said to us he was the brightest of the thousand points of light. Do you remember the thousand point of light speech he gave? Uh, he, very he, he little. Just, he like, kept, I know it's always referred to, but I do not know it. Yeah, it was, uh, I can't remember, it felt like it was in his presidency, like before the campaign. He started saying, I want the country to be a thousand points of lights, and he was criticized for it. He Why? Was, I can't remember. I just remember people making fun of him. He, he, everything made, they made fun of him for everything, to be fair. 
But I remember thinking, well, that, that's not, he was quite serious about it. He wanted, you know, us local practice of democracy and service. We've been talking about now yeah. a lot. He yeah. was talking about that 30 years ago. So I'm just saying. Anyway, it was kind it of. It does a- seem like he came from a different time. You know, just listening to the speeches this morning and following the service and hearing what everybody had to say to him. It just seemed like a different time. And I, I'm not saying a better time or, a, you know, a worse time. I'm not putting any value on that. I just think it seemed like a different time. And maybe it's because I was much, much younger when, when he was president. But this the civility and the decorum, um, you know, can, we, can just, you, we don't see a lot of it. Can, can you characterize that difference a little bit? Is it really just about how we treat each other or the sort of... Dig- dignity? Yeah, the dignity, dignity? Yeah. the dignity of the office, yeah. right? I'll say yeah. that. Um, what? You know, we don't have that anymore? <laughs> we don't have the same name. And I'm, look, civility is not always such a great thing, right? I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. wrote um, you know, a letter from an Alabama jail, and he, he talked about how civility shouldn't be really used as an excuse to cover up wrongdoings, yeah. you know, to, as yeah. a, a, you know, Ooh, an I excuse to not I see would, justice. Yeah. So I, I don't necessarily think civility is that great all the time but just that idea that there was such a dignity to the office and that um we really uh remember these people as as servants to our country but i mean he served our country in almost every way possible right yeah uh and again i just i, I i'm sort of hearkening constantly to the footage of him being pulled out of the water when a submarine showed up next to him yeah, when he yeah. uh, crashed his aircraft during the second world war and he just sort of shook it off. And ah, let's, let's get going. He'd been in the water for five hours. Like, Jesus, it's incredible. And then he went on. You know, most of the jobs he took for government were sort of, um, I wouldn't say they were appointed. They were sort of requested. Like, would you, would you mind? How, how would you yeah, feel about, right. you know? They weren't flashy, you know, get your name out there jobs. And they weren't things he actively pursued. They were things that he was sort of like right. sought for the jobs. Including the CIA director, which I thought was interesting. He never had any. Did not, you know. People today talk about how could you put somebody in that job and they don't have any experience. He had no. Uh, he had no uh, experience with uh, any no. of that. Any of the CIA or the what, what do you call it? The intelligence. He had no experience in with the that. intelligence community. And he ended up doing apparently a very good job running the CIA. I just, um, I do, I do miss having a gentleman. Yes, we do. I do. But, you know, I'm not saying that uh, it's not necessarily a judgment on this administration, it's, this White it's, House, but it's been, uh, you do I, feel like, oh, right, when we weren't. We've been away from it for a long time. names at each other. Right, yeah. for a long time. All right, it's the 30 minute nonstop news blitz here on Talk Radio 790 KBC. This is Midday Live with Lawrence Vaughn and Dr. Drew, and we're taking a break for some traffic with Rhonda Kramer. Thanks, Dr. Drew and Lauren. Southbound side of the 110, right at Stadium Way. Road work in the right lane, already backing up here toward the 5. Had earlier troubles along the North 110 at the 5 with the big rig. That cleared from lanes just a few minutes ago. Westbound side of the 10, Santa Monica Freeway at the 405 into West L.A. Just be aware that there's a stall here. The right lane blocked is starting to back up. And southbound Hollywood Freeway, the 101, a busy from Santa Monica Boulevard into downtown toward the 4 level. But all lanes are open for you. I'm Roger Kramer, Talk Radio 790 KABC. Indeed, it is Midday Live. Thank you, Rhonda. Lawrence Vaughn and Dr. Drew on Talk Radio 790 KABC. It's the middle of the 30-minute nonstop news blitz. Laura, before you go to the next story, I noticed that the Flynn uh, sentencing has gotten lost in the news today a little bit. Is no, it that is my next story. Okay, perfect. I was yeah. glad you brought I wanted to make sure you brought it up. So here we go. Let's do it. Former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn has offered extensive cooperation in the Russia investigation and should not spend any time in prison, Special Counsel Robert Mueller's team said in a court filing yesterday. Mueller's team in two different memos 
filed ahead of Flynn's December 18th sentencing, said Flynn participated in 19 interviews with the special counsel or other Justice Department officers and provided documents and communications. One memo, heavily redacted, specified some of the evidence Flynn provided. Quote, his early cooperation was particularly valuable because he was one of the few people with long-term and first-hand insight regarding events and issues under investigation by the special counsel's office. Miller's office also wrote, additionally, the defendant's decision to plead guilty and cooperate likely affected the decisions of related first-hand witnesses to be forthcoming with the SCO and cooperate as well. So uh, he he sang he sang like a bird is what we're the takeaway. He from he, he was cooperative, but we don't know at this point. the The assumption is it must have yielded real and in, useful information for the investigation. Yeah, otherwise he would have seen a, a recommendation for jail time. Well, here I would love to talk to an attorney about this because because is that true, or was his willingness an established fact before they knew whether or not he had anything useful to say? In other words. Did they establish by being willing to tell you anything you ask me? Did that immediately they make a deal on the sentencing and then thus the information flowed? I, I doubt it because they pushed back the sentencing three times. I think, but the, but so not the recommendation. But not the recommendation for sentencing. No, I'm more, saying the recommendation. He's not going to be sentenced till December 18th. This yeah, is the I'm, recommendation. I'm just wondering if that recommendation was something. I would love to talk to an attorney who does these negotiations. Whether that is something established up front. Well, established after you give the information. You know, in other words, if you have lots of useful information, you get a well, better deal. Well, the other deal. question is, which seems which seems unfair if you to me. Fully, fully cooperate, but you have no information. Right. Should you go to jail because you mm -hmm. did in fact lie to start? I mean, that's the whole reason you were being. That's invested. why I would think they would negotiate these things up front. Because how do you know whether what you know is something useful to the the organization? All you know is, okay, I'm going to say. Well, if I you negotiated up front, then why would you have any motivation to tell all you know if you already know? They're going to recommend you don't get jail time. Uh, it's an interesting question. Again, I don't do these negotiations. I don't know it's an interesting why that question. Would motivate anyone to well, be well, motivated? But they'll they can rescind the deal too, right? If they, you're not motivated, you're not. It's a recommendation for sentencing. But, and it's, so, up to, it's up to a judge. What I find interesting is we don't know whether he gave useful information. Now we're assuming he did. That's my and, and the question is to me if he made well, the deal. It's more than an assumption. Well, if we made the we deal. know that his cooperation was valuable to the office because it led to others. Right, correct, so. and, correct. But we don't know if it really got to collusion. We don't know again if the deal was made before or after the information was available. Which, would, if it was made after the information was available, I would assume the information was very useful. That's all I'm saying, and we don't know that. That's all. It's very. It's we interesting. Will, it sounds like we're going to find out soon. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like we're. It'll find be interesting. Out um, there is a new blood test out that says. It can detect cancer in 10 minutes. I mean, the test doesn't say it. <laughs> Experts yeah. are saying that it can detect cancer in 10 minutes, a breakthrough that could lead much earlier detection and more chance of a cure with treatment beginning even years before symptoms develop. This simple blood test has been developed that can diagnose cancer in 10 minutes by spotting tiny amounts of DNA floating through vessels that could only have come from tumors and not healthy cells. This breakthrough could lead to much earlier detection, a better chance for cures, and treatments beginning before you even have symptoms. It is hopes that it will eventually be performed at the same time as routine blood tests, like your cholesterol check, even using a mobile phone app. Of course, uh, one of the authors of the study said it may be the holy grail of cancer diagnostics. So this test, uh, this kind of test, has been flying around for a long time. Uh, <clears throat> when I first heard people talking about this, I went on the record and said, impossible, because cancers are hundreds of different illnesses. How could they all have some one signature that was the same? 
Well, it turns out they all do create they all one. Do. They all do create one protein, and it seems to be a feature of being cancerous. And um, it's you know among other things, you know how the cancers prevent the immune system from seeing it, so it doesn't get attacked. Right. Right. There, there are certain things cancers have to do all the same in order to grow outside of awareness of your own immune system and things like that. Um, so this kind of test has been is actually being researched actively. I've seen some of this research. I don't know why they are put going out with it ahead now because there's some. What do you mean? Ahead of it, what? Ahead of other centers that are doing the same research. It's weird to me. I, I I don't know if they're trying to get it to market quicker. Yeah, or, I would hope so. But I then, could you I'm, imagine finding out your cancer before? But you I don't any know. Symptoms? This is the best test, and we had a ways to go on the research, as I understood it. But if you have no, no, listen to me. We think that it does this. They haven't. They and the research I've been following when I've been. Because I'm on that board of the Prostate Cancer Foundation, I get to see the research in real time. Had not yet proven it. Had not yet proven it that it was. It sounds it, like it's proven. It, it does sound like it, and I'm wondering where that came it from. Says it can. Whether that. Yes, yes, and it could. It looks like it can, and we. And you have to go through many, many, many incarnations of human research before you're allowed to say that. So, and where is it, what country is that in? Here. Is it here? Yeah. I thought it was in Australia or something. No. So, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the, the study was the University of Queensland, Brisbane. Yeah, Australia. So they may be able to say stuff sooner than we can, and that's I kind see. of concerning. So it's, it's been, I, I've been aware of this for some time. Uh, I know it's coming. It, I believe it's going to be a great test, but I'm a little weirded out that they went ahead of the, mm, the very high-quality research that's going on in multiple centers in this country. Weird. Weird. Just seems weird. Usually, there's sort of a, you know, people sort of work in concert internationally. But we'll see. Maybe they had something that we didn't know. Someone didn't know about. Well, we now know who is going to host the 2019 Oscars. Remember, yesterday we were talking about how no one wants the job. They yeah. can't find anyone. Apparently, Kevin Hart stepped up. He will take on hosting duties. He said hosting the Oscars was a goal on my list for a long time. He confirmed he is fronting the 2019 star-studded ceremony. He says it's an opportunity of a lifetime for me as a comedian. He said my mom is smiling from ear to ear right now. He's following on from Jimmy Kimmel, who hosted both last year and also for 2017's infamous Envelope Gate, as you all remember. The wrong Ooh, winner yes. was, yeah, for Best Picture. I think, he, I think he's a great choice for it. I do too. Yeah, I do too. I can't wait. Yeah, he's a movie star in his own right. He knows everybody. It'll be fun. It'll be good. He promises he will make this year's Oscars. Is special. he the first African American host? No, Chris Rock, I believe. Ah, right. Yeah, Chris Rock was yeah. the host. Excellent. As well as Whoopi Goldberg. Ah, excellent. So, in the Illinois Capitol Rotunda this month, several traditions are celebrated there. There's a nativity scene for Christmas, a menorah for Hanukkah, and now there's something a little different. An arm holding an apple with a snake coiled around it. Hmm. It is a gift from the Chicago branch of the Satanic Temple. Oh, thank you. It's called Snaketivity. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the gift. Hey, we got to include everybody. The work has a sign that reads, Knowledge is the Greatest Gift. Nearby stands a sign in which the state offers a civics lesson and explains it didn't really have a choice in <laughs> in putting this um, display out. It says the state of Illinois is required by the First Amendment of the United States Constitution to allow temporary public displays in the state capitol so long as these displays are not paid for by taxpayer dollars. Because the first floor of the Capitol Rotunda is a public place, state officials cannot legally censor the content of speech or displays. The United States Supreme Court has held that public officials may legally impose reasonable time, place, manner, restrictions regarding displays and speeches, but no regulation can be based on the content 
of the free speech. So the satanic temple standing right up there with your Christmas and Hanukkah decorations. How fun. I don't know that it's that offensive. All it says is knowledge is the greatest gift. I mean, people see. Depends if they do ritual sacrifices or not. Well, it's just a statue. Just saying. Yeah. If, it, if it was a statue in favor of child sacrifice, would that be okay? Uh, yeah, I think so. Ooh, I don't know. Temporarily. Okay. Um, so, in the Me Too era, Wall Street has decided to deal with it by just not hiring women and avoiding them at all costs. No more dinners with female colleagues. Don't sit next to them on flights. Book hotel rooms on different floors. Avoid one-on-one meetings. In fact, as one wealth advisor put it, just hiring a woman these days is an unknown risk. What if she took something he said the wrong way? Across Wall Street, men are adopting controversial strategies for the Me Too era in the process, making life even harder for women. Now, more than a year into the Me Too movement with its devastating revelations of harassment and abuse in Hollywood and Silicon Valley and beyond, Wall Street risks becoming more of a boys club than ever. Mm -hmm. Women are grasping for ideas on how to deal with it because it is affecting our careers, said Karen Alinsky, president of the Financial Women's Association and a senior vice president at Wells Fargo. She says it is a real loss. There's a danger, too, for companies that fail to squash the isolating backlash and don't take steps to have top managers be open about the issue and make it safe for everyone to discuss it. If men avoid working or traveling with women alone or stop mentoring women for fear of being accused of sexual harassment, he said, those men are going to back out of sexual harassment complaint and write into a sexual discrimination complaint. That's what the women are saying. Well, the, you and I kind of talked about this, remember? We worried we knew this there was, was going to be a backlash. Well, we but... worried this was going to happen. This isn't a backlash. This is a weird... No, this is a backlash. How do you how do you see it not as a backlash? I see it as them avoiding liability. They yeah, see it as all it's a backlash to the Me Too movement, though. Wouldn't you say? I, I, I mean, backlash sounds like they're trying to actively punish someone. Well, they are. No, no. Yes, of course they are. They are avoiding women at any cost and avoiding hiring women. How do you call that not? I I have had conversations punitive. with these people from the beginning, and what they were saying was they can't have me. They're fearful. Their attorneys are telling them not to have meetings alone, not to be seen. You know, not to, they they were given all these legal guidelines by their attorneys. That have gotten now even more when you say egregious. These people, who are you talking about? Uh, people that people, work in finance. People that work in finance. I've okay. talked to a number of them. Well, this is and apparently so, worse than it ever been. No, I understand, and, and it's gone. It's gone. The, it's gone a horrible direction. It needs to be needs to be dealt with. But this is this was a liability issue under the advice of attorneys. Well, now it's turning into a discrimination issue. I, I so agree. The, I, so, I don't know why their attorneys would. Well, so now that you can't handle yourself. I, listen, I'm at telling a meeting you, with a woman. if this was I, something I, I, I hadn't mean, heard a year ago, I would be going, oh, my God, where'd this come from? I, a year ago, they were like, we can't have meetings. We were told not to have meetings alone. We were told not to do this, not to do that, not to travel with, not to, not to, not to, not to. And they brought up the issue that it makes it difficult in terms of bringing women up because they don't get a personal relationship with them. So how can they move them up the ladder if they don't know them and know their work unless they can meet with them and, and spend time with them? But they were advised not to. And that was the first concern. And now it's gotten insane. So the, yeah, I think people will have to take and they have to get attorneys on the other side and push it back the other way now. This and that's what they're going to have to do. But I will say this, out of all industries where the Me Too movement has has crept in and made differences, the 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 world of finance has been the Resistant. least cooperative. Yeah. Yeah. They have just simply continued to ignore sexual harassment complaints to put them you know, away under a rug. And people have been punished still to this day for bringing them up. Yep, in major I companies. Agree. I agree. So they are slow to everything and and I hope um uh, well I think you I think you need to I some... think you need to bring attorneys in on the other side and push it back. 
Because if they if their attorneys were the ones advising them, they are going to need attorneys fighting attorneys. That's the way it always goes, right? It is, but it's it's not it's not it's good for anyone no, because when, once you get the reputation for suing people and calling attorneys, it's hard to get a job anywhere. Let well, alone if you're a woman. What I, mean, I would argue it shouldn't be a person. It should be the ACLU coming in and going, hey. Hopefully, yeah. yeah, yeah that, hopefully. This is where I'd like this so you direct its attention. Right, exactly. I, not to the homeless protecting people from being sick. I'd like you to protect women from being ostracized in an environment that they should be uh, blossoming. At 100 years old, the world's oldest billionaire still goes to the office every day. Teo Sing Sang. Executive Chairman and Chang Yong Chung, founder and chairman of Emeritus of Pacific International Lines. At 100 years old, he's the world's oldest billionaire. He'd be forgiven for taking it easy and enjoying the riches of his eight-decade career. But for Chung, he's the founder of Pacific International Lines, staying home is not an option. Despite handing over his role of executive chairman to his son earlier this year, the cent- centenarian Singaporean <laughs> insists on going into the office every day. He said, it's my habit. Um, he, he says, I cannot stay home. I get very, very bored. So he's a hundred years old and still in the office. Good for him. I, some, many people, I believe work keeps them going. I see so many people who retire and then immediately get sick or immediately pass away. Men, 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 women don't do that. Women are much more engaged men. I've seen it literally a hundred times yeah. where a guy in his 70s decides to retire and is gone within the year. Yeah. It's crazy. I, it makes me fearful of retiring because I've seen it way too many times. Absolutely. Pick a workaholics like me. I wonder if it has something to do with it. It is the 30-minute nonstop news blitz. Lawrence Vaughn, Dr. Drew, we're going to be speaking with West One News correspondent Linda Kenyon about the state funeral for former President George H.W. Bush. It's Talk Radio 790 KBC. You're in the middle of the 30-minute nonstop news blitz, and we're taking a break for some traffic with Rhonda Kramer. Thank you, Dr. Drew and Lauren, southbound side of the 110 right at Stadium Way. Ongoing midday road work here in the right lane, and that backing up to the 5, not too bad. And westbound side of the Santa Monica Freeway right at the 405, stall in the right lane. Been here for a bit. It's already backed up to Robertson. South Hollywood Freeway, minor delays, Santa Monica Boulevard into downtown. And be careful on the 55 North, also a little bit of slowing from the 5 on up toward the 22, but no accidents or stalls here. I'm Rhonda Kramer, Talk Radio 790 KABC. Thank you, Rhonda. We are in the middle of the 30-minute nonstop news blitz on Talk Radio 790 KBC. It is Midday Live. Facebook has allowed tech firms special access to user data, according to new documents. The social networking giant put companies like Netflix, Airbnb, and Lyft on a special, quote, white list to sidestep privacy policies that it had strengthened back in 2014-2015 to protect its users. This all came out according to new documents made public uh, today by a UK Parliament minister. It is not clear that there was any user con- excuse me, there was not clear there was any user consent for this, nor how Facebook decided which companies should be whitelisted or not, said Damien Collins. He's chair of the UK Parliament's Digital Cultural Media and Sports Committee. He said this in a statement that accompanied the email and excerpts from these documents. He notes that a recurring theme in this 250-page cache of documents is that Facebook pushed the idea of linking access to friends' data to the financial value of the developer's relationship with Facebook. So you play nice with Facebook, we give you added access to our users' hmm. data, hmm. regardless of what their personal privacy settings were. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, I mean, more and more is coming out about this company, and really... 
it's beginning to sound quite sinister. This wasn't just naive, you know, this is how we make money. We didn't know we were going to, you know. When I, whenever I hear somebody um, sensible who has run away from Silicon Valley, like a smart person who talks honestly, they'll always say, hey, I know these guys. I, I was there when this stuff was developed, when they were at the beginning. They are what they seem to be. They're, and they are not some sort of, they're not angels. They're not... Um, they're not socially minded. They're sort of not even uh, cognizant of many things they should be aware of. Everything you think about some of these folks at Facebook, he goes, this is absolutely true. So I thought, wow, every day I hear that again and again. So mm -hmm. be interesting to see how it plays out. For sure. There is a new R. Kelly documentary out. It's a six-part series focusing on the women who have accused the singer of sexual misconduct, which he denies. And during the premiere of this documentary series, it's called Surviving R. Kelly, the whole theater was evacuated after uh. it, some said they received a threatening phone call, according to the NYPD. Tarana Burke, she's the head of the Me Too movement, she tweeted, So y'all are not going to believe this. Tonight was a private screening of the Lifetime TV documentary Surviving R. Kelly, where his survivors, parents of survivors, and folks featured in the doc were gathered, and a bomb threat was called in, and the event shut down. Crazy. Yes. The worst of it, she says, isn't the threat, though, because it didn't appear to be credible, but the survivors who had to endure his harassment. She's obviously implying he may have had something to do with it. The event took place in New York on December 4th. It was postponed by the venue. Um, their spokesperson told the BBC that safety of its storytellers and members is their first top priority. Interesting. Hmm. Someone doesn't want this screened. Wow. So, uh, it's always, I love, you know, seeing the trends of baby names that yes. come out every year. Yes, and I the saw name this. Melania has soared 227%. Has it gone from three to eight? <laughs> you know um, what I, mean? I know, right? A new survey of Social Security Administration data shows Melania, like First Lady Melania Trump, as well as Ivanka, like the first daughter, are soaring picks for parents. Um, names picked around the nation shows popularity of Melania has surged 227%. For Ivanka, it's up even more, 362%. There are going to be a lot of Ivankas. Do they give the absolute numbers? I'm class. dying to know. Um, because I, it, it is interesting to me. I mean, had you ever even heard the name well, Melania before? even Barron's name, the son, Weird. has jumped 90% from 2015. Donald, though, down 11% <laughs> since 2015. Oh, that's funny. I know. For Melania and Ivanka, the names have been popular for a while, in contrast to Hillary after the Clintons took office in 93. Ivanka? I've not ever met another Ivanka. Have you? Never. Never. Never heard, never heard of it before. Melania, fact, I can see. Neat, in fact, both Melania and Ivanka, it took me a year to remember their names. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah. How could you forget their names? Well, because what, what's, Ivan like, what's Ivanka's you know, mom's name? Uh, it's uh, Ivana. Ivana. Yeah. So forever it was Ivana to me because I learned Ivana first. Yeah. Well, and I kept and going, is it Ivanka? Ivanka? Ivanka. What, what kind of name is Ivanka? Ivanka? Is it's Ivanka? like a, a a name that she came up with, you know, like when you name your daughter something similar to you. Or you or, or is it a nickname for, you know, like, you know. Maybe. You know. Or maybe I, it's like a they, combination of names. Like, you know, yeah. a certain, like Russians put, what is it, Czech or what do they put? They put, uh. They have a little word, little yeah. ac, ac, you know, post. They ask cha usually. I cha, think. yeah, and uh, and I I don't know. It, it, and same with Melania. I was like, what's her name? What's her name again? What is it? Melanie? Mel 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 it's not a name. Well, remember, just... even Donald got it wrong calling her. <laughs> I think he tweeted out Melanie. <laughs> Someone was like, "Who's Melanie?" Ah, <laughs> uh, it's funny. <laughs> uh, for the record, though, the top name for girls back in 2017 was Emma.
Emma. It's so overused. The report referred to was referred to as Emma Nation. I do meet a lot of Emmas, I gotta say. Yes. Every other kid born yes. in my group of family and friends is Emma. Okay, so um, we're always talking about the downside of Tinder and all the awful things that happen to people on Tinder. Finally, a wonderful, heartwarming story all due to Tinder. Mm. A young woman suffering from kidney failure has found a replacement organ from the boyfriend she met on Tinder. Her name's Cheyenne Hanley. She's 22 years old. She met her boyfriend, Gavin, two years ago on Tinder when she swiped right on his profile. Uh, seven months after they started dating, Cheyenne collapsed when the pair were out having dinner with friends. She was soon diagnosed with kidney failure, and in a heartwarming act of kindness, Gavin saved her life. He donated a kidney to her. Sheesh. Crazy, right? I never thought I would have found Gavin through this dating app, and now we are here, and he's giving me his kidney. It's kind of crazy. Should be in the ad, kind don't of. you think? Well, no. <laughs> Now this is kind of crazy that he is that giving, but that he matched. They could properly. Oh match, yeah, too. you're right. Yeah, totally. You have to match. I forgot mm-hmm. about that part. Uh, every day we have another s- study on coffee or sleep, right? And then you go back and forth literally every day. Well, today's study: too much sleep is linked to a greater risk of disease and death. Too much sleep, everyone. We're all complaining we don't get enough. The recommended amount of sleep for adults is six to eight hours a night, and sleeping more than those is associated with an increased risk of death and cardiovascular disease, says Global Study, published today by the European Heart Journal. What? Yeah, I knew this study was coming. And uh, don't know quite what to make of it, but don't oversleep. That's the only thing I didn't do. How do you not over? I mean, if you're tired, you're tired. But there's something called sleep inertia. That literally, if you, particularly late in the sleep cycle, if you keep lying in bed, you'll sort of get an inertia to your sleep. You can give an inertia both directions, but you can have an inertia to waking up and just sort of be in a kind of a, a low, you know, you get in that kind of state where you have trouble waking up. You ever been in that? I've been Well, in that. I, I, me personally, I'm one of these people that needs 10 hours of sleep. Like, no, I easily sleep 10 hours. If I get a full night's sleep, it's 10 hours. And no, I've always... No wonder you got a little cranky you know, when you're working overnight at Fox. A little cranky. I was a giant monster. But there are some people that I know that that easily sustain five hours sleep four and a half hours sleep, yeah, and they plenty. could function no problem oh, listen, and medi- i was like i am i do not understand in, in, how you in medical school i had plenty of people that did three and a half hours and then that right. was just their natural sleep cycle and i so can't I, your natural sleep cycle also go over the eight hour yeah level? yeah oh sure and, and i've tra- i trained myself to deal with six for years and it was not easy it was not yeah i did it yeah i did it but i wasn't fun to be around mm-hmm. what would you call it a giant monster <laughs> i was a monster <laughs> a giant monster. oh by two in the afternoon i mean just stay out of my way i was really ah. cranky But I mean, I always thought to myself, I could never do this if I had kids because I'd I'd go home and by six o'clock I would be in bed. Except, yeah, that's true. Except when you have kids, you're also not sleeping. So, well, yeah, other layer to it. Yeah, but I thought people that were doing my job and also had kids to take care. I don't know how they did. Oh my god, you did it. Yeah, Um, nearly one and I did it because I had somebody at home. Well, yeah, I mean, I I couldn't have done it otherwise. You also had three kids, so Mm -hmm. it's like there was that times three. At a time when immigration is a hot-button issue, the American healthcare system is highly dependent on professionals born in other countries, according mm-hmm. to an analysis of U.S. Census data. Nearly one in three U.S. physicians were born abroad. We're going to have to leave that story. Oh, we thank you. I, I know. I will. Maybe I'll give you, as the show goes on, maybe I'll give you my take on that. That is the 30-minute nonstop news blitz. This is Midday Live on Talk Radio 790 KBC. Time to take a little break from news with Liz Warner. The next 30-minute non-stop news blitz is at 4 with Jillian Barbary and John Phillips on 790 KABC, where the news watch 
never stops. KABC News Live. KABC, where the news watch never stops. KABC News Live and local at 12. Where the news watch never stops. ABC News live and local at 12:30. The body of former President George H.W. Bush is being flown back to Texas. The casket carrying Bush was loaded aboard the large and local at 12:30. The body of former President George H.W. Bush is being flown back to Texas. The casket carrying Bush was loaded aboard the large plane known as Air Force One at Joint Base Andrews today. Following that state funeral at Washington's National Cathedral, the aircraft is carrying the nation's 41st president back to Houston. There will be an internment ceremony at the George Bush Presidential Library and Museum tomorrow at Texas A&M University. Here's his son doing the eulogy. The best father a son or daughter could have. And in our grief, by just smile knowing that dad is hugging Robin and holding mom's hand again. The former president then patted the casket on his way back to his seat. L.A. County officials have declared today a day of mourning to honor the former president, during which all non-emergency or non-essential county offices and agencies will be closed. There will be no mail delivery today. Federal courthouses and stock market exchanges will reopen again tomorrow. The brand new L.A. County sheriff is in a race against time. Here's Leanne Tweeden with details. Alex Villanueva has taken the reins of a large bureaucracy with enormous law enforcement responsibilities. But the window of 